This is Soul to Soul, the show with Nessie. Sup, Soul fam, it's Nessie here. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, night, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Um, I'm just sitting here with a head towel around my head because I just washed my hair. Um, but I thought I record this as well. So over the weekend, I sent out a message because it seemed like my last two episodes of education were really popular. So I opened it up to all my soul fam asking, guys, what questions do you have on work and working in Korea? Because now essentially I've been working here for nearly four years. So I wanted to see if you guys have any questions because there's got to be a lot of you out there who have an interest to come to Korea in the future and actually, you know, uh, establish your own career here. So I thought that's the whole purpose of me having this podcast to share my experiences and uh, answer any questions that you may have. And I actually got a lot of questions. I'm really surprised but also not not surprised, but really surprised about the feedback. So uh, I'm going to be answering your questions today in this episode. This might run a little bit longer than usual, but I wanted to make sure that all your questions are indeed answered. So the first question comes from uh, username Josie... Uh, Ashley. As you know, let's ask, answer Jody's question second. The first question comes from uh, uh, Arenapur. Uh, shout out to Arenapur on uh, Instagram. And they ask, uh, what is the procedure to get a job in South Korea? All right. So the first question that you need to ask yourself is, what are you looking to do? What kind of work do you want to do? A lot of people, they come to Korea with the idea of, you know, just coming to Korea, but not actually thinking about what kind of work they want to do. They think about the lifestyle that they want to have in Korea. And a lot of the times it will be like K-pop fans or K-culture fans in general. But they don't actually really think about what kind of work that they can be doing. And so obviously the most popular kind of work is... Uh, teaching in English, um, to be a, a, a native English speaker. The thing is, to be a native English speaker, you have to come from one of the designated seven countries that South Korea themselves has stipulated you have to be from, which is the UK, where I'm from, United States of America, Canada, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa. Okay? If you are not from one of those seven countries, you cannot teach English on an E2 visa. The E2 visa being like the language instructor visa. Now, obviously, you can come over and teach other languages if there is a requirement for it. So, for example, I know someone who teaches Spanish on an E2 visa. And actually, there are a lot of Chinese people on E2 visas because the need to learn Chinese, especially in South Korea, is very high because a lot of people do business over in China. But I'm assuming that they have their stipulations as well, like you have to be from a Spanish-speaking country or from Spain 
to be able to uh, teach Spanish and to be able to teach Chinese, you have to come from China or Chinese territory. So you have to look at what you want to do. Uh, outside of that, uh, if I'm honest, it's very, very difficult. What you would need is a high level of Korean to be able to establish yourself in the business that's outside of teaching uh, English. Uh, so I would say get tested, do a uh, do the, to the topic test, because a lot of businesses, they will require you to get a uh, at least topic four, because that's that the average in terms of being able to uh, establish yourself in a company and communicate with your co-workers. Outside of that, the next best option is to then get a, get a transfer from wherever you are working, um, apply like externally and then see if there's an equivalent business that you can apply through. Like if you work in Samsung in Florida, for instance, maybe there's a need for a person from Florida to then work in South Korea. I don't know. But that's the main thing. And obviously, as with any kind of person who's a foreigner who's going to work into a different uh, or going to work in a different country, you need to prove that your skills and your abilities are better than what is currently available inside of the country itself. That is why it is a lot easier to get a job as an English teacher because the English level in South Korea is not that high in comparison to other industries. So, I mean, that's the main thing. And then also just like, you know, look around on job sites, uh, Craigslist, although there's sometimes a little bit of dodgy stuff there, um, Dave's ESL World, uh, just or even Facebook groups. Uh, the first job that I actually got in Korea, I found it on Facebook, actually. Um, which was like a part-time job that I got for for 12 months. Um, but yeah, the work and play, obviously, for stuff outside of the the, the teaching in English remit. Just search around, but give yourself enough time for planning. Like, don't just go, oh, in two months, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, because it actually took me six months of planning to from the start when I decided, okay, I'm going to move to me actually moving. So it takes a while. It takes a while. But thank you for your question. Okay, question two now. that This is from Josie Apple now. Um, what are the good teaching programs in South Korea and how to start? Um, the main teaching program that a lot of newbie teachers go into is the EPIC. So uh, EPIC, if I double check, I need to make sure that I get this right. Um, EPIC stands for, I think it's English, what is it? Ah, English Programming Career, very simple, okay? So it's affiliated with the Korean uh, Ministry of Education and they recruit and distribute English teachers to public schools all, all over Korea, okay? And if you want to work in public schools, um, the uh, your best bet is going under EPIC, especially if you're applying from outside of Korea. Um, it's a whole process. There is steps, interviews, and all of that. Um, the majority of my friends who work in public schools work through EPIC. It's uh, well covered. They're like protected by everything, so you will get paid. Um, 
or you will get your holiday and stuff. Although this year it is looking a bit difficult because of the coronavirus and everything that is happening. Um, and because it's regulated by the government, it's relatively uh, safe in comparison to other places. Um, but you, to be able to teach in an EPIC program, you must have a, a, a TEFL certificate or some sort of teaching certificate to prove that you can teach English. Like, and a lot of the stuff, uh, stuff that you can actually get online, um, but Epic tends to be the safest. And actually, spending like because people don't really stay in Epic. Because the thing is, once you get uh, pay wise, pay wise, and pay wise, they kind of cap the pay to like uh, I think it's like two point uh, two point five million annually. So you cut. There's not really any room to grow. You can't really get promoted by working in a public school. So a lot of people stay in public schools for like a couple of months, a couple of years, two or three years, and then they move out and then go to an academy or a hagwon. And the hagwon is where I work. And I actually work in a really, really nice hagwon. And hagwons tend to be relatively hit and miss. So a lot of people have really great experiences like I do. Some people have uh, absolutely terrible experiences because hagwons and academies, they're not controlled by the government. They're all privately owned. It's a business, essentially. It's like a study uh, centre, it's academy that is run as a business. It's not necessarily for edu- like really for educational purposes, but it's for people to make money. So you could have a chance of having a like a really, really dodgy uh, placement. So you just have to be careful. Um, there are key places that people like to work in. A lot of people opt um, for cities like Seoul or Busan. Um, uh, another option is to work in the countryside. Um, and honestly, working in the countryside is not as bad as it seems because uh, the majority of the country is well connected. Anyway, so you can get a train, um, like even if you lived outside of Gyeonggi, you can get a train into Seoul and that's about an hour, an hour and a half. And to be honest, that's like me crossing over the, 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 the width of London anyway. So it's not too bad. I wouldn't fret about where you'd go. Gangnam seems to be quite a, a key uh, location to go. Gangnam in Seoul, um, just because a lot of the, like, the rich parents tend to be there. So they're the ones that tend to um, up in terms of their money. Um, uh, yeah. And actually, oh, it, it depends on the visa as well. Obviously, a lot of you that may be listening who are trying to get advice for this, you, you're probably going to be coming in on a, an E2 visa. But if you're on an F visa, um, an F visa is a, a visa that is not tied to any companies itself. Um, it's your own visa, so you can apply for any job that you want to. Um, you could work in several companies if you want and establish yourself as a, a contractor, and you could make a lot if you are smart about it. I can't do that because I'm on an E2 visa. Um, but an F visa is certainly what I'm working toward. And I'll, I'll give more feedback on that at another time. Okay, so I got uh, another question from, uh, I think it's She Buji, uh, or Shez Buji. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing your, your username correctly. Um, uh, I, I'm not one... Uh, I'm not from one of the seven English-speaking countries, uh, Nessie. How do I get work? Um, that's difficult 
because there's going to be two things that are holding you back. One, your visa, and two, your Korean language ability. If your Korean language ability is incredibly high, um, then what you could do is apply for um, like that. Well, as long as you have proof that your Korean language ability is high, so then you need like a to- a, a topic score, and then you can apply from for a company externally, and then see if they will sponsor your visa. Um, so that will be, I believe, an industry visa is a. It's either a C visa or a D visa. I can't remember which one it is. Um, I should, you know what? Let me check. Let me confirm. I've got the internet in front of me. There's no point, uh, like faffing around. So I should have prepared this beforehand, shouldn't I? I'm so stupid. <laughs> oh, okay. Different visas in Korea. Letter C. La 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 la. Let's see. So C visas are short term. Uh, oh, D, D visas are all. Oh, oh, oh so you can have a C three visa, which is that's short term visit. No, I need like a business visa. I mean, you could get like. Uh, an E5. An E5 would be like professional employment, like specifically for a business itself. Um, is there anything else? It's an M- oh, that's military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not about that life. Anyway, yeah. So you can do you can do it that way, or um, which a lot of my f- uh, a lot of people that I know have done, um, actually study in Korea first. Um, if you have a bachelor's degree, apply for a master's in South Korea or do like a language exchange and then get yourself here in Korea, first of all, for like a year or something. Um, a lot of the courses that accept foreigners in Korea actually have a language course attached to it. So by the end of the year or by the end of the time that you are here, you actually do get like a topic four, which is exactly what you need to be able to qualify as a foreigner to work in Korea anyway. So that could be a shout. Um, it, It is difficult. It's not easy. And honestly, the priority is not going to go towards someone who doesn't come from a Western country. Let's be real. Um, you are more likely to get employed if you are from Asia, um, specifically East Asia, or if you are from a Western country, um, unfortunately. But I, I do know people, like I know people from Brazil who are employed here. Um, I know people from Africa, like uh, Ghana, different cl- cl- uh, places like that. I know people from Spa- Spain um, who are employed here, Portugal. So it is possible. It's just it's harder. So you're going to have to work more to be able to stay here for the long term. Okay. Uh, question four. I've got two questions from uh, in It's Mansi. Uh, the first question is, do they prioritize light-skinned workers more? So this is something that it's like a well-known secret, but it's not as common as it was in the past. So in the past, a lot of job... Uh, uh, job postings would say that they would prefer uh, a white person um, 
a, a white English speaker or white male or white female just because of the image that they're trying to portray. Like a lot of like the rich areas will want someone white because that's their idealistic viewpoint of someone who speaks English. But I myself am a black person. Um, and I was employed My and I have no problems with what I'm doing, albeit like my co-workers are indeed white, but I'm the manager. So <laughs> that doesn't really matter. Anyway. Like um, there are some people who um, like they'll make the application and then the school will then turn around and say, uh, we don't want to accept this person because we're looking for this particular kind of person. And the, the, the type of person who gets discriminated the most actually are like black men just because the stereotype that the media here in Korea have of black men, um, they will be the ones who get rejected the quickest. Um, but in actuality, it's not really, not really openly practiced. And to be honest, if that's the mindset that they're going to have, I wouldn't want to work in that kind of environment in the first place. So like if a job posting has a statement saying, oh, we need you to be white and you are white, why would you want to apply to that kind of place? Because there's got to be some sort of expectation that's going to be put upon you. And then if you don't meet that expectation, then that could be bad. So uh, it's best to be safe and stay away from those kind of postings anyway. Um, but yeah, like I said, most don't really care these days. And especially now, as a lot of people have gone back home because of the whole uh, coronavirus fiasco, there's probably going to be a lot more openings later on in the year. Um, like with the, the Epic and Gepic, uh, postings. So just keep an eye out and don't feel too downhearted because like I said, I'm a black woman myself and I got a job here and I got one relatively quickly actually. So, um, it is possible. Just, uh, sow your oats, put your postings and, uh, put it out with different, uh, uh agencies because they want to put you, uh, the, the more people you, you put your application through, the better, because then you can just pick and choose. Um, uh, the second question that it's Mansi sent me was, uh, what are the options for newcomers? Like, um, there are a lot of options, but there are a few things that I would recommend that you do first. Okay. First, do your research. Like if you get a placement or you, see a job posting for a particular company or particular workplace, do your research online. Um, when it comes to academies, when it comes to schools, no news is good news. Like if they talk about somewhere a lot, that mo is mostly going to be like negative stuff. Like when I researched the academy that I'm working at, I saw nothing online, absolutely nothing. So I knew that that was going to be a good place. Um, and it has been. So like do thorough research beforehand. Um, if you are in the interview stage, stages, ask if you can actually speak to current workers there just so you can get an idea of what's going on. And of course they could be biased as well if they're leaving, but it's good to get like the tea, the real tea. Um, be flexible, um, be realistic with your expectations. Like, don't think you're just going to go, if you have no experience, don't think you're going to get like a, a 2.9 million annual job with 20 hours and a really large uh, apartment 
in the middle of Hongdae. It's not going to happen. Um, so like be flexible. Like don't sell yourself short, but be flexible with your options and also just be smart. It's best to be smart um in the choices that you make because um unlike F visas, E visas, you're tied in it for life. Like you are stuck. Um, because the company will make you sign for one for one year. If you break your contract, they are liable to break their end. So that means you don't get your severance pay. Um, they're not required to give you a letter of release. Um, a lot of people who don't didn't do their research and are unhappy, they end up doing like a midnight run, which is them just leaving in the middle of the night and flying back home. Um, and a lot of the times they like cancel the visa and then they're stuck back in their home country for a year or two before they decide to turn around and be like, okay, well now I'm coming back. Um, so just be smart with your choices that you make. Okay. Um, next question is, I need, I need to double check who this question was from actually. Um, the hardest challenge when being in a new country. Um, I think the hardest thing for me was like the big, cultural difference uh the uk is completely different to like south korea uh in the sense that i would and i've mentioned this in previous episodes before growing up in london um it's a multitude of colors and a multitude of people so if i go in a train there'll be all sorts of languages being spoken to different people different colors uh uh you're surrounded by people from all over the world in the city coming to South Korea, you are likely to be the only foreigner on any mode of tra uh, public transport that you take. If that is something that you cannot handle, like if you can't handle being stared at, coming to Korea is not for you. Like uh, the amount of people that I've seen on like sites like Reddit and stuff that talk about, oh, I'm anxious, um, I suffer from anxiety, um, I'm not really good with like being stared at or being like put uh, on being in front of several people can I do it and to be honest you can do it but it's not going to be easy it really is not so you need to be aware of that uh so but for me it, it was a little bit weird at the beginning but I just learned to grin and bear it like if, if, a, if a person stares at me I stare back or I can't really smile now because of the mask so I just look with just like smiling eyes or I bow like uh i had like <laughs> i had a pair of old ladies like stare at me and then one was commenting on the size of my thighs and then when she made on eye contact with me she realized i was looking back at her and i just bowed and then she smiled and bowed back so like if you show that you're okay and you're happy and you don't mind being stared at then that's it and to be honest like it yeah as a teacher, you're going to be stared at anyway. So you might as well just get used to that if you're, that's what you're looking to do. Uh, who asked me that question? Uh, ah, uh, Noah Ahmad. And she also asked me uh, the second question. Uh, the best thing about working in Korea. Uh, the best thing I must say is my students. Honestly speaking, they are the ones that keep me going. Like, I'm a people person. Like, I love my time alone, but I do love being around people as well. And seeing those kids and uh, seeing them every day and seeing their faces light up and they come to me and they mess around with me and they want to play or they get really snarky and really snippy 
or they get really uh like get really close and really comforted like that makes me really really happy um and knowing how much of an impact that I have on their lives like one of the greatest moments that I had uh teaching in my nearly three years of teaching in in the academy that I'm at um there was one girl who she was a year ahead of everyone in the academy so she actually left a year earlier because she left the academy with all the third grade people in her class and there was no one at her level at the time and she came back to do the special uh high school preparation classes and when she came out the lift this was like uh late last year she came out the lift and she saw me and she just like she borderline screamed my name and ran into my arms and then she just looked up at me and was like teacher I thought you left I didn't see you on the weekends like oh yes foreign teachers don't work in the weekend and she, she just wouldn't let go this is a girl who's like 15 years old um and she was just so affectionate and that really touched me because she she hated the academy like she hated the fact of of like going to the academy she was just so bored a lot of kids are to be honest because they they go to several academies it's not that they hate the academy that I'm at they just hate the fact that they have to go um so she was never really happy but to see that I made that much of an impact in her life and she was so glad to see me in spite of coming back to the academy um made me really really happy and I teach her little brother now and her little brother exactly the same um he's very clingy as well he uh will always want to like play or hold my hand um just really really sweet like these kids like honestly that some of them are nightmares and they give me headaches but the kind of headaches that they give me I will like if I have a child in the future I can understand that that will be the same kind of sentiment that they will give me <laughs> as well but yeah, so that to me is the best thing about working in Korea. And, you know, just having the ability to feel like I'm making a difference. In my last workplace working in London, I was just stuck and I wasn't really developing. Um, but Korea has given me the freedoms to grow and myself as a person. And I feel like uh, the work that I do here actually does make a difference. And that's... Um, I can I can't be more thankful than that. I can't I, I can't be uh I, I can't say it enough. I'm really thankful for the work that I do, the children that I teach, the company that I'm in and all of that. So, thanks guys. Thanks for everything. Yeah, so that's the end of that episode. I hope that you found it uh, riveting and interesting. Thank you for all the lovely soul fam who so, uh, sent in their questions. I hope that they answered it. Uh, blah. What am I talking about? It is late. That's why. Um, I hope that I answered them in uh, a cohesive and understandable fashion for you. Um, don't forget that all my networks are open. So, um, please do send me any more questions or let's just have a conversation. Let's just chat. Um, I'm available on YouTube and on Facebook under soul to soul. I'm available on Instagram and on Twitter as soul Nessie. Let us, uh, converse some more. Don't forget to subscribe and follow to this podcast and all the available, uh, streaming services now, including 
Apple Podcasts. I'm all I'm on all the main channels now. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Google Podcasts. Uh, I'm on so much more and so much more to come. So thanks so much, Soul Fam, and I will catch you on the flip side. See you later. Bye bye. And if you liked that episode of Soul to Soul, why not subscribe and follow this podcast on whatever streaming service you were using to listen? I'll see you in the next episode. Slaters.